This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth managers who go above and beyond to guide and support you. CanDo is more than just an attitude. It's navigating today for a brighter tomorrow. Visit CanDoWealth.com. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots. I'm James Seal and I'm joined today by Katie Balls and Kate Andrews. Now Kate, uh, the news out in terms of the housing market today is that mortgage rates have been cut by the UK's biggest lenders as price war heats up. Tell us more. Yeah, so let's not get too excited, but we are seeing some really positive indications if you are looking to renew your mortgage this year, um, that a bit of a price war is breaking out between Britain's largest mortgage lenders. Um, The banks have started to slash interest rates below 4% for five-year fixed-term mortgages. We haven't seen numbers like this since summer last year. Now, this will still be significantly higher than what many people are locked in at, and it's estimated that 1.6 million borrowers are going to be looking to renew their mortgage this year. Uh, so, you know, you will still very likely be renewing at a higher cost than what you signed on to for many people in many cases. So you don't necessarily want to flag this as the good news story, but obviously this is positive. It suggests things are going in the right direction. Um, if we look at what's happening with inflation overall, uh, we've seen some pretty positive news there too. Inflation on the year slowed to 3.9% in November. That was significantly lower than the market had been estimating. Uh, there's a lot of po- positive noises from independent forecasts at the moment, that inflation may return to target at 2% well before it was expected. The bank's latest forecast that that's going to happen next year, people are saying it might happen this spring. That could lead the bank to start reconsidering where interest rates are right now. Perhaps banks are sort of getting that indication. That's why they're moving on mortgages. The story is overall one to be very cautious about, but I would say relatively positive about. Um, and this will be good news for the government, which had to oversee this this huge spike in mortgage costs, but now could also be seeing somewhat of a decline. Katie, how does this tie in with Rishi Sunak's strategy in the new year and the narrative that he's going to be putting out this whole election year? So I think what's been striking as early as we are into 2024 uh, is how much Richard Sudeck has been talking about the economy. Something I mentioned in the magazine this week, uh, these drinks uh, that were held in the Prime Minister's parliamentary office, but Rishi Sunak himself was not there, a teetotaler. Instead, it was his chief whip, Simon Hart, who hosted them. And speaking to those who went to them, they said what was quite interesting about it was in this speech which I think was the most formed speech of all time but in the address that Simon Hart gave to MPs on coming back it was much more focused on the economy saying you know it's turning a corner there's good news coming and you combine that with Rishi Sunak at his PM Connect event this week where he ultimately uh, said the choice facing our country is do we stick with a plan that is starting to deliver the long-term change that our country needs or do we go back to square one? And that was similar to the comments he made at Prime Minister's Questions. And it does feel as though, would I go so far as to say it's a new strategy? Perhaps it's more of a refinement of the old one. But certainly it feels as though Rishi Sunak is moving to almost a safety first approach where he is back in his comfort zone on the economy. And it is his comfort zone, but also it is where his team think that he is the strongest and the strongest against Keir Starmer. Now, he is massively talking about stopping the boats right now because while the Tories do want that to be a factor in an election campaign, it's so far, it's, it's currently very out of his hands exactly what happens so you've got the Rwanda bill coming back next week then you have the House of Lords even if that works and then you have the courts so really 
the economy, given you don't want to wear NHS waiting list right now, is where he has the most to say. I think that if you start to compare it to where the economy has been in different places the year going to an election, there's still lots of reasons uh, for caution, as Kate says. Um, but I think this is where they think they probably have the strongest message. Like, I think this is where they think they have the strongest message of the options available. And therefore, we're heading, I think, to a year where the Tories will want to make the choice, uh, probably quite conventionally, in the sense of, do you want to risk a Keir Starmer government, which is going to, they will argue, lead to higher taxes and go back on all the progress they've made on their economy so far? Now, it might not work. People, There's a chance people don't actually feel much better in terms of their income, in terms of the squeeze by the time of the next election. But I think the current bet is that it's the best option. And while right now I think lots of people will look at this and say, oh, you know, he's talking about inflation going down. That's not actually something I'm feeling when I'm looking at my pay. The hope is that by the time you get to October, November, that's when you start to. I mean, Kate, Labour will say that because of the mini budget of late 2022, this is why mortgage shows rose. Um, Katie there in her answer talks about uh, agency. Rishi Sunak has probably more powers available, levers he can pull in terms of taxes, for instance. How fair is it to say that, you know, obviously you've got the good news, which the government wants to take credit for, and the bad news, which they want to disown. How much of a role does the government have in terms of the housing market and the broader economy and what we're going to see over the next six to nine months or so? I think one of the huge mistakes the government has made has been to try to take so much credit for inflation and to act like they have any control um, over interest rates. They they don't. Uh, that sits with the Bank of England and and largely the tools to, to tackle inflation, i.e. interest rates, sit with the Bank of England. And so a lot of the mistakes that have happened, a lot of the worldwide trends that we saw pre the mini budget, all going in the more painful direction, which applied to other countries as well as the UK, have really landed on the Tory government, sometimes because politicians were brash, as we saw in those 49 days, and they did things to make things worse, certainly. But other times, because politicians have actually said, we're going to we're going to make commitments around things that we can't make commitments around, not realistically speaking anyway. Um, so the Tories have brought a lot of that on themselves. To your question about who's actually responsible here, it's, it's a real combination, as I said. Um, you know, interest rates were going up worldwide um, as, as we were going into autumn 2022. And then serious miscalculations from Liz Truss's government meant that we had to pay what my editor calls the moron premium. And, uh, you know, investors understandably said, well, if you're going to be so irresponsible, we're going to want a better return for what we invest. Uh, so, you know, I, I think there's there's a combination of things here. One of the difficulties for the Tories going into this year when it comes to the economy is that um, we may well be looking down the barrel of a mild recession. I'm, I'm not predicting it. Nobody really knows. But um, if we look at the growth figures that were released just before Christmas, the economy actually contracted by 0.1% between July and September. That was a revision in the wrong direction. If winter didn't get any better, it may well be that we have just gone through or are still technically going through a very mild recession. Um that will be at the margin. I mean, whether we're in or out of one could literally be in, within the margin of error. We're talking 0.2, 0.3%. But if that does happen, that's the, the talking point is going to be really difficult for the Tory party because as Katie says, whilst many conditions may be improving, that doesn't mean that people feel that improvement, certainly overnight. 
I think there are three components to why the Tories, uh, I don't think are necessarily confident, but I think this is an argument they can prosecute in an election campaign. The first is, as we've been talking about, the fact that inflation is going down faster than anticipated. So if you look at the Treasury internal tracker, um, where inflation fell, so, so if you look at the Treasury internal tracker, that had projected inflation to be at 4.6% by the new year. Instead, it's at 39 You also have a few banks uh, who are now working on the assumption, at least forecasting, that you could have inflation to drop as low as the Bank of England's official target of 2% by the summer, so by the end of Q2, which would, uh, you know, be, again, ahead of what was previously anticipated. Then that feeds into mortgage rates. I think Kate's point earlier on the podcast earlier in the podcast is completely correct which is just it's still going to be higher than most people are have have had to experience so it's still going to be higher than most people have been dealing with in the sense we're not talking about going down to what lots of people are on from five-year deals of one point something it's just can it get down to three or four below four percent it will still have a big effect in terms of your monthly finances but the question is, given people are going to be paying more, do you get gratitude for that or not? I think there'll be some relief, of course. It's not the highs that some people have had to, to move to. Then I think you have the tax cuts. Already some tax cuts, of course, because of the stealth taxes. You still have a situation where the tax burden is going up overall. But I think the spring budget and potentially even a second fiscal event, if you get to um, an election in November, we'll see more tax cuts. So do you, do you start to get through it that way? And then I think the third aspect of this is can you attack Labour on it and make them look weak? And that's where the green spending comes in. So the $28 billion. Now, it is quite hard and I, to work out where Labour are exactly with the 28 billion, in the sense that Keir Starmer has said, oh, we're doing the 28 billion, but it's an ambition. We won't let it, you know, ruin our fiscal rules. Of course, it's not that they have to borrow 28 billion new. Some of that is already from the government. There are some who think after the budget the, that the Labour Party could row back from it. You had Darren Jones speaking to me for the Spectator interview, suggesting actually private investment could do a lot more work than had previously anticipated, so you might not really need 28 billion. Um, but I think that from the Tory perspective, they think that it's a perfect example where some of Labour spending goes too far. And it means that they can get closer to an election and say, you know, if they're not doing that, tax is inevitably going to go up for all these reasons. And therefore, you have a low tax versus tax going up election line. So I think those are the three things I think are in their control, all that they can work on in terms of a campaign. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Kate. And thank you for listening to Coffee House Shots. And if you would like to join the Coffee House Shots team in becoming our new producer, then please do apply online. There's a job advert on the Spectator website. And uh, you could be sat here with myself, Kate and Katie in future. And James, is there anything you're particularly looking for in the new employee? Um, perhaps a high pain threshold. A, can, a can-do attitude? Can-do attitude, yes. Um, a cheery demeanour? These are all good things which you bring every day, Kate. I would like someone who can make us sound more eloquent. Yeah. And if that could be you, then do fly now. Thank you very much. <laughs>